And I'm excited because I'm also going to get your input on how we want to do, how we want to speak English for starters for me. Dear Hollywood, creating a celebrity persona and facing stalkers. Welcome back. We are still digging into the psychology of fame. If you missed the previous episode, definitely watch that first. So let's explore the concept of having a famous persona a bit more. And we can look at this by examining the masks that we all wear ourselves. And then I promise it'll connect to child stardom. We'll get there. So when you think of the ideals, norms, expectations, roles that you were asked to play growing up, what kind of mask were you handed by the adults around you or through life events happening? What qualities, what behaviors, what standards? There are the masks we were given, but there are also the masks we chose, maybe in response to events, wanting to survive or get some needs met. So let's identify the main qualities that have created your main persona the versions of yourself that come forward when you encounter strangers, authority figures, in church, the club, in a relationship. What is your persona? Recognize that this persona has served a purpose in your life, how it's shaped the way you've gotten needs met, how you've been able to make sense of the world and Validate your perspective by constantly reconfirming this identity. So we have all of that. Now as you differentiate your full, rounded, real, authentic self from this curated persona, meaning the, the raw self that has all the parts and pieces, including glorious and bastardly, ask yourself whether you want to continue wearing this narrow mask forever. And if you want, give yourself permission to release it, or at least reconfigure. A sense of liberation emerges, which can be frightening or exciting, or maybe both. Permission to evolve beyond the story that has cast you as a certain character in the plot and held you in some version of that same old storyline for multiple seasons. Imagine moving beyond this, finally. Well, this kind of permission to grow beyond and, and be a full human is something we sometimes forget to provide ourselves. It's something we often don't afford to our loved ones, holding them to previous versions of themselves. And when it comes to celebrities, we like to memorialize them in a very fixed state. The mask is who they are, permanently. Now, obviously, this isn't fair to anyone, but... I want to draw particular attention to how this can be harmful when we do it to children. In this case, child stars. When my peers and I tried to grow up, we were already memorialized as caricatures of ourselves. I was the little girl in music videos. While young stars are trying to develop into adults and find who they are, we often glue them in severe ways to the mask, the brand that we know them as. Even as the kids develop and mature and pursue other interests, the interview questions remain the same. Literally 20 years later, I answer the same interview questions every week. And I'm always tempted to be like, is there a reason you can't reuse a clip and then move on to a new topic? But it's the way it is. The types of roles that kid stars audition for remain the same. 
the comments on the kids' feed remain the same. For me, I see the same quotes from Camp Rock, the same phrase, you are my childhood. Now, as an adult, I've come to understand that this is the parasocial relationship. I'm an object of projections, positive, negative, and everything in between, and I will likely be glued to this mask for a very long time. Maybe my whole life. A mask I was given at eight years old. But what's interesting here is the masks we give kids hold more than just their identity. It's also their success, significance, contribution to the world, the core biological needs, right? So you can imagine how scary it might be to release this mask. Who will the child be without it? And will they lose their source of meeting their deep biological needs. And since most kid stars don't even understand that they're wearing a mask, they likely keep it on around the clock. When they're in public, they are masked. Their personality is not their authentic selves. It can't be. It's not safe to be. It's not acceptable to be. But when they're home, they're also still wearing the mask. It's my experience and in conversations with many former kid performers that we didn't differentiate our authentic self from our brand. I didn't even know there was a real self underneath. And if I did, there definitely wasn't room to embrace them because they didn't live up to the image of the mask. They were messy, ordinary, moody, not the best. The mask said I was special, I was famous, I must live up to this mask. Well, what happens if we never take off our mask even in private? We come to be very estranged from our genuine self and experience. Our needs, emotions, desires, interpretation of our own experience. Personally, my inability to be authentically attuned to myself was grim. I didn't mean for it to happen, but... I wasn't really capable of being honest with others or myself. And I can guarantee you by the statistics of how many former kid actors end up struggling with issues around identity formation and healthy development, this is at least somewhat correlated to the mask we glue onto them. The mask we smother them with, their truth, their voice, their real humanity. So for the last part today... While we're discussing the psychology of fame, I want to remind you of the dimensions of fame that we've already discussed in earlier episodes. If you recall, I talked about how young kids who become famous are experiencing a world where the general public gains intimate access to their personal life, how the child gains special access and treatment in the world, how this special treatment can lead to entitlement, narcissism, and an inflated sense of importance. Or, if nothing else, a very skewed socialization and map of reality. I also spoke of the privileges and risks of earning a lot of money and having access to luxurious experiences and wild Hollywood parties. I explained how the stress of stardom and career growth can lead to young people dissociating or developing substance abuse issues just to cope with the intense schedules and demands. We spoke about the safety risks of fame and having to be hyper-vigilant because people are constantly approaching you, making threats, even stalking. So let's talk about stalking a little more. 
Stalking is a real and ever-present concern for famous people. You don't get a break from this threat. It's 24-7. While my peers were minors, they had people find their home address and camp outside with weapons. Some have broken in. Some have physically assaulted the performers. Mine sent me hundreds of messages every day until showing up to my workplace. And upon seeing cops arrive, ran away, hid, waited, then came right back after the cops left. Some, but not all, stalkers experience severe psychiatric challenges and believe they're married and or related to the star, that there's a special assignment that they must fulfill. And some of these ideas are planted because they formed a parasocial connection through media and entertainment. So, if you don't want your own child to be stalked and potentially harmed by strangers, and you're not ready with full security systems and personnel, perhaps fame isn't actually the best pursuit. Perhaps we want to re-examine wishing child stardom on any young person. So now I want to talk about what it's like to lose fame and become irrelevant. And first I want to return to a statement that we started with to help us put this into context. The statement about fame being addictive. If it's been demonstrated that fame has the addictive properties that mirror substance abuse, and we are subjecting a child star to the drug of fame, and it's hardwired into their brain and nervous system, think about how terrifying it would be to fade into obscurity, to be normal or anonymous. As shallow as it may sound from the outside, it was one of my deepest fears that I had to face in rehab because to me, without fame... That would mean I also lost my livelihood, that I was unlovable, that I lost significance, contribution to the world. Imagine, I didn't know life without fame after the age of eight or nine. So just sit with that for a second. Think about child stardom and then what it's like when we use these phrases like, oh, you're a washed up has-been. And a question that I want to leave us with here is a question that I myself have trouble answering. It's the role model question. Once you're famous, do you automatically have a responsibility for being a positive role model? Why or why not? Depending on your thoughts, what do you think we can reasonably expect from a child who becomes famous and is placed on a pedestal for other kids, even while they're still developing themselves? Please share your thoughts below especially the productive ones. Next up, we're bringing this season to a big finish. Now that we've visited many stops on the Toddler to Trainwreck Pipeline, it's time to lay out an action plan to improve this reality for current and future generations. And I'm excited because I'm also going to get your input on who we want to hear from in season two. Like, Imagine a round table of all the Disney and Nickelodeon stars all together, ah, if we're all available. Hey, on your way out, make sure you take a second to uh, like, comment, and subscribe, and I'll see you next week for the big finish. Thank you so much. If you've been keeping up every week, just want to give you a special shout out and deep heartfelt thank you. Um, this has been a wonderful season already, and I can't wait for the big finish and season two, because it's never really over.
attachment issues. On the next episode, if a set includes working children, all the adults should go through a simple training about what it means to share a workplace with a child and create a healthy, safe, age-appropriate environment for young artists.